0: Often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 533. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht recording once again inside the slap box penthouse yes sir yes sir agent (laughs) mahold maholder uh sitting right behind me hopefully i don't run over him he's laying on the floor i'm in my rolling chair i know he's further back than i thought i I think we're we're cool i was a little concerned maholder (laughs) Uh my brain's already firing on all cylinders obviously. as we we uh, start this show. Uh So I guess uh last week. It's been a minute cuz uh, I recorded last week a couple days early since had to uh go out to the Ozark Trail 100 race where my sister uh was uh running in the race and uh Things didn't go according to plan. It was a little rough. Had to go out there. I threw Agent Mulder all out of whack. (laughs) Or Agent (laughs) Maholder, Whatever it is. I threw Fox off his normal routine, which he gets very angry if I do anything out of routine. And, uh, of course I got the auto feeder all ready to roll, which I've had some issues with this week. Maybe I'll get into that later. (laughs) But, uh, I had everything ready to roll that it should be safe for me to leave. And I woke up, uh, I took a nap for like four hours or so. Went to sleep around 7 p.m. And then I uh, got up around eleven thirty, eleven, 11, close to midnight. And he already knew something was weird. He's like, fuck, man, usually I don't go to bed till right about now. What the fuck is going on? I've got bags ready to go. I'm loading shit into the car. He is just nonstop meowing like uh." Like I'm gonna abandon him for the rest of his life. That he's just fucked. Like what the fuck, man? Just, just fucking don't give a shit about me anymore. He was very upset. Uh but, uh, but yeah, I ended up leaving here, uh, like twelve thirty, or so, that night. Twelve thirty, twelve forty-ish. I don't know, something like that. And I drove out to Bass River Resort, which was like an hour, 15-minute drive from here, although it probably didn't take me quite that long since there was no traffic at, you know, 1 a.m. And then uh, thankfully I didn't run any drunk drivers. There was a lot of semis still out, though. Of course, there was a big highway rest area, so I had to pass there on 44. (laughs) And, uh... It was. Uh, I got jacked up on uh, Red Bull as soon as I went for that drive because uh, I don't do so well on long-distance drives, and I knew I was going to have to drive a lot for the race, so I went ahead and uh, pow- pounded some for it, and uh, <laughs> I got out to Bass River there. That's uh, you know, about a mile into Butts Road. It's a mile down inside Butts Road. <laughs> It's deep inside Butts Road. It's deep inside Butts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever forget the name of that road. <laughs> it's like Butts Drive or something like that. Butts Road. I don't know. Butts is there. And you're you're in Butts. <laughs> on Butts. Whatever, whatever way you want to look at that. You're just riding on Butts. And, uh... <laughs> uh... But yeah, as uh, it was, I wasn't intending to be there at the, the initial part of the race to reiterate from last week. Uh, her uh, husband, Jr., had uh, injured his back. Apparently, he's, he's pretty pretty messed up. It sounds like he, he might have to have surgery. So, unfortunately, he's not able to really walk around and such. So, driving, you know, several hours to this race was just not going to happen. So, um, <clears throat> I had to. Uh, <laughs> Well, I didn't have to, I mean, I chose, I, I, I offered it up. I wasn't going to, you know, she, it takes a long time to train for a hundred mile race and Christy had, my sister had uh, been training for this quite some time and uh, you know, I didn't want that to go to waste. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh. And I have a lot of friends that are big fans of that race and, uh, though it's extremely tough race. Those trails are no fucking joke. <laughs> um <clears throat> but uh that being said, I think I should preface this. I think only like maybe it's it's less than half the people that sign up for the race actually end up finishing the race. It, it's a fucking hard race. I mean any 100-mile race is hard just for the fact that it's a 100 miles. But this one's especially hard just the the way the trails are, a lot of rocks, a lot of Uh, and it's, you know, Halloween weekend. So you got all the leaves covering the trail. It makes it hard to spot any, um, tree roots or any other kind of obstacles that might be in your way. It's, it's not the, the most ideal conditions. Um, but yeah, I got out to, to, to Bass River and, uh, (laughs) I met my sister there, and I, I drove her Jeep, and I was going to, since uh, then I was going to crew her, I was going to have to go from to different aid stations along the way, and the aid stations are very far apart. Like, it's, you know, an hour, hour and a half drive for some of these places. It's a bit challenging, and uh, I should start out saying, too, some of these aid stations do not have cell phone reception at all. So communicating with anybody else during the race is next to impossible. <laughs> In the earlier aid stations, from my understanding, the later aid stations, I know at Berryman, I was getting reception out there when I uh, had been out there previously. Um, so, I mean, some the, the, uh, the 14-mile one where uh, my run group, the Daily Run Club, uh, were uh, crewing, like that one had zero cell service at all it was it doesn't exist when you're out there you are no longer part of the world <laughs> um so it was hard to like uh contact anybody out there and uh the only instructions i had to find these the the start and these other aid stations uh were in the packet that uh my sister had picked up uh before the the, the night before the race started they she had a, a pa- packet with directions to all the aid stations and it's not like they give you directions off a certain highway or something or they come from different directions you have to go to the next aid station and from that aid station they give you directions to the next aid station and so forth um <laughs> and uh what I should have done when I, I I drove to the start I should have just followed, there was a shuttle bus, and I could have just followed the shuttle bus out to the start, but I didn't do that. I ended up pissing off the race director. I ended up showing up before anybody else. And again, I was last minute. I didn't plan on doing this. It was just like, oh, shit, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm doing it. Yeah. And uh, and so I, didn't, I wasn't privy to any of the emails or anything that were sent out over the race on crewing or any of that stuff. I wasn't there the night before. Um, which would have been really difficult for me to do since I had to uh, work that day and then uh, I had to drive out after work and uh, thankfully I really needed to get some sleep beforehand which thankfully I did so I, was <laughs> I didn't kill anybody <laughs> uh, or myself driving there which was a definitely big goal that was like one of the number one goals for me <laughs> and uh, I achieved that Obviously, I mean I'm recording now. I obviously I didn't die. Uh <laughs> and uh but uh that being said, I drove out to the start of the race and it's this race of course is out in the middle of nowhere. I mean there, there, was, there was nothing. You got to you got to drive pretty far out there. Out in the shit. <laughs> and I got there before anybody else. And there were cones. Apparently, this was a big pet peeve of uh, one of the race directors. There's two uh, different race directors, I believe. And uh, one of the biggest pet peeves is the parking at the start. And uh, he doesn't want you to drive past a certain point. They put out two small cones with uh, apparently signs on it said, do not park past this point. And I drove past those signs. being <laughs> me. And I was a little out of it. Uh... And, uh, I saw the, the only way I knew it was the, the start of the race is I saw the banner for the start. And then I saw a truck sitting there. And then, so I, uh, drove a little bit past and I turned around and then, uh, I stopped and talked to the, the people in the truck. And one it was, I I'm assuming the race director and, uh, out of the gate, he's already pissed off at me. He's like, uh, cause I committed the biggest Cardinal sin <laughs> as, uh, Apparently, like it was his biggest pet peeve. You know, I didn't know. I I had no clue. I didn't do it intentionally. But uh, he's like, "Oh, you must be from around here, I guess." Like, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to be crewing for the race, and then, uh, but I was apologetic out of the gate, and I think I diffused it. He seemed he kind of apologized at the end for being so like very much. Angry with me at first. He was, I mean, he didn't like, like, yell at me, but it seemed like he would, had I not been apologetic, he would have fucking went off on me and just like lost his shit. <laughs> I felt like I needed to fuse the situation. <laughs> but I told him the situation. I was like, I wasn't supposed to crew. It was a last minute kind of thing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was cool after that. But like, it was a little, little awkward at first. And, uh, so, I mean, that, you know, wouldn't have been good to really piss off the race director extremely, you know, out of the gate, uh, <laughs> for my sister's sake and everything. Cause, uh, it's kind of important, you know, that, uh, the, the people crewing and stuff look out for the runners. It's uh, a lot can go wrong in a hundred miles. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that was one of my bigger screw ups. And then after the race start. Um, I drove to the next aid station, which, um, was going to be, which was like an hour and a half drive from there. And, uh, that of course was where my run group was stationed out at. And, uh, normally in years past, they've always had like one near the end of the race. And so they don't even head out till after the race has really started, I guess, as they don't start seeing ra- runners till near the end and then they end up having to hang out until after the race is over and stuff. But uh that being said, yeah, they they were already uh, they had camped out the Friday night of the race and then uh set up the aid station and everything in the, in the morning, I guess, or maybe the night before. I'm not sure how they they worked all that. Well, I guess they waited till morning of cuz they just yeah, it wasn't too hard to set up. There was a pavilion and everything there. They didn't have to set up any tents or anything. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I tried to make it there, and it was still dark when I was driving there. And, man, the roads, I don't have the greatest vision at nighttime. Like, I mean, I can see cars fine, obviously. Uh, well, I don't know about obviously. But I have, don't have a problem with, like, seeing other vehicles and stuff. The problem is when I'm trying to look for – street signs of like names of roads. That is a hard thing for me to see at nighttime. I can tell a stop sign, all that stuff. That's not a problem. But when I'm trying to fucking read the name of a street on a sign at nighttime, it can be a little rough because I have a little problem with distance and at nighttime, it's like, it's real, real tough. And it's just, it's, it's a bit of an issue. I don't drive at nighttime, especially that much when I'm in areas that I don't know real well. (laughs) because I know it it can be a little tricky, a little hard to find my way. Though, you know, most of the time it's not that big of a deal anymore because I have GPS, and I usually drive through places that have service. (laughs) This place, however, yeah, uh, GPS would come and go, and so I kind of had to rely on the packet information, but I kind of decided to just go with my GPS, even though I knew the directions on the paper were a better way to go. I mean, that's how I got to the start of the race. And, uh, I found that pretty easily. I should have just continued to go off that paper to, uh, go to the next, uh, one. But I ended up just going kind of how my GPS said and, like, uh, actually sent me a different direction from the way the paper said. And so when the GPS lost, it kind of threw me off a little bit and, uh, like, the GPS was saying, no, this is where the campsite is, and it was not there. Apparently, I just had to go a little bit further down that road. But by that point, I had already expended so much gas, and the first Red Bull was wearing off. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man, I got to get to a gas station, and there, that campsite is nowhere near a fucking gas station. <laughs> and I ended up backtracking all the way to where I kind of knew where some gas stations were. I hit a Casey's because I'm a rewards member. I got me some breakfast food from Casey's, a Red Bull. And, uh, yeah, I drove. (laughs) I ended up, uh, I was like, well, fuck, man. I don't know if I'm going to make it back in time. Because it was a long drive to get back to that gas station to where the campground is. And I'd gotten lost the first time going for it. And the... So I was just like, well, fuck. I knew I had to be – I didn't have to be at that aid station particularly because she should have – they should have everything taken care of as far – because that was 14 miles in. Like, they had food and stuff for – I had a drop bag for – because she had forgotten to turn it in. I mean, it was chaotic, like, going into it. She wasn't – with everything going on with her husband, it was just everything was just kind of – it, it was a little chaotic a little bit of a mess and she like she forgot to turn in the drop bag and things things just weren't going so well and uh so i was going to meet her i had to meet her at the mile 40 aid station you know pretty far out there but i had to be there for that cuz that uh was uh um she was meeting up with uh her friend at that point and uh that or maybe it was I don't remember. It was a further aid station I had to get to, and she had a drop bag that uh I had to bring to her. <laughs> and uh Anyway I was gonna drive on to there at first and I was just like, Well, fuck. The <laughs> directions for that aid station were worse than like the other one because it was just kind of a location somewhere like on, on, on a back road. It, there was no, <laughs> no exact position per se. And so I was like, well, fuck the best way I'm going to find this is if I go to the other aid station <laughs> and then go off the instructions from the pamphlet. So thankfully, thankfully I did end up going to where my run club was stationed at at the aid station. Cause shit ended up not going so well. And, uh, I drove back there, I finally found where it actually was. It was daylight by that point, and that was a game changer. <laughs> Cause then I could read the signs. <laughs> I could see everything. It worked out so much nicer. Because the first time I drove through there, it was nighttime. I couldn't see shit. <laughs> and uh, I could kinda I'd have to like make a complete stop if I wanted to read a fucking sign. Because you know, it was out in the woods and trying to see the, the signs out there were a little difficult. And uh, the only light was coming from the headlights. So, uh, but yeah, I made it made it to there. And it was about an hour before uh, Christy had come through that aid station. So I made it in time. And uh, <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, I wasn't sure exactly. When she was going to come through, I, like I, I knew she wasn't going to be one of the first people she was really concerned about the cutoff times and making it there. And I, I knew she had done hundred miles before or on different races, but I, I didn't know the races. So I didn't know how technical, how tough they were in comparison But I knew she wasn't like uh, an elite athlete. She wasn't, you know, going to be fucking doing any kind of Team USA, (laughs) like taking on different uh, countries and stuff in like, you know, uh, money paying races and shit. But, uh, you know, she's done quite a few hundreds. She's an average uh, trail runner. Um, That being said, I did know I was aware of the fact that OT is an extremely tough trail race. I've got a lot of friends that have done it and, uh, knew this one's pretty hardcore. And, uh, of course my run group cruise out there every year. And, uh, but yeah, that being said, uh, I, I was glad to just go hang out with my buddies, go hang out with, uh, John, Megan, Rich, Thad, Mickey, and, uh, Deirdre was out there. There was quite a few of them out there. And, uh, Hanging out there, just chilling. I had uh <laughs> talking to them and everything and uh I was I was nervous. I was pretty nervous because I was gonna get, of course pace her at the end of the run for the last like twenty one, twenty two miles ish. And my foot was still bugging me. I was really nervous about it. But I figured by that point she was gonna pretty much be walking the whole time. It would be the the only thing is we'd have to really be concerned. About making the cutoff. So there might have been, you know, instances where, like, all right, look, (laughs) I'm going to have to do math. Me doing math while running doesn't work out very well usually, but I would have had to have uh, (laughs) kept an eye on the time. Be like, look, all right, we got to hoof it a little bit here. (laughs) There's a down stretch. We're going to have to run, you know, and shit kind of like that. But I was nervous about it. I, you know, just still been having issues with that foot. And, uh, but, you know, I, I... I couldn't let her down. I was like, "I'm gonna fucking do this." I said I was gonna do it. I'm gonna fucking do it. <laughs> I may be slightly a cripple, uh, but uh, I uh, a yeah. Anyway, so uh, she f- she finally made it to that aid station. Stuff wasn't going well. She didn't talk a whole lot, but like she had a water bottle that had a leak in it. She was i mean she was just not you could tell that the things just weren't going well, I mean it was early in the race, you know, fourteen miles in i mean that's that that's not good if if you're fourteen miles in to a hundred mile run and it's already going to shit i mean that's it's gonna be a long you know more than a day, it's gonna be over twenty four hours um at that pace, and with the shit struggling that bad already out of the gate. It was like, Oh no. And, uh, <clears throat> and apparently she had, uh, fallen a couple of times, I believe during those 14 miles and, uh, twisted her ankle and, uh, wasn't feeling real great <laughs> that, uh, she, she just really didn't realize just how tough the race was. And I think, I think she, the, there was a good chance that she probably would have muscled through though and finished though had JR uh, been all right. And then think just going into the race, things would have been better. Cause like, I think that just threw her off her game and uh it was just, <laughs> she just wasn't feeling it from the get go. But, uh, again, at that aid station, she leaves that aid station and, uh, made sure she had water and I think she ate a little bit and stuff and uh, she left there and again there is zero zero phone service <laughs> no Wi-Fi, exactly and no phone service at all at that aid station GPS is like I don't know where the fuck you're at <laughs> and uh, but occasionally I would get service here and there sporadically. But like, it was usually if I went away from the campgrounds there where the aid station was. And soon as she left, I was like, okay, I need to go find this other aid station. And I need to make sure cause it's going to be a long time before I end up running with her. It was going to be still be like 20 hours or so or whatever the fuck it was going to be. It was going to be a long time from there. Um, 18 to 20 hours. I was going to need to get somewhere where I could take a fucking nap. <laughs> just any way that I could get some sleep because uh, I was going to pace her at the end. So I wanted to hurry up and get to the next aid station, which it was going to take her quite a few hours to get there. So I left from there, and, of course, I get lost again. I was trying to find this fucking road. And I think what it was, I went backwards because I was, again, going by the packet, but the packet actually, when I came in, I came in the opposite way from the way the packet did, which is had me all thrown off. I should have went the opposite way on the street to get to the aid station and uh didn't do that <laughs> thankfully though I got lost, and when I was out driving around getting lost, I got cell service. That's when I saw the message christy was she was she was thinking about dropping already I was like shit if she's already thinking about dropping it's i mean it's probably gonna happen. Because, I mean that that is really early in a race. Like that is, uh, you know, if it's later on in the race, if you're 80, 70, 80 miles in, I mean, it's just like, Oh, come on. You're, you your mind's just playing games with you. I mean, you're this far, you, you, you got to kind of have to go with it. You know, you got to help them push it through, but I'm like, it's already like, Ooh, shit. Like shit's gotta be bad. If you're thinking that early on though, 14 miles on a fucking, uh, really tough technical trail like that with a ton of elevation, no joke. I mean, that shit, that's some real stuff. Um, but, uh, that being said, like, Oh shit. And then I'm thinking like, uh, well, <laughs> I definitely don't want to drive an hour and a half or whatever it was to the next aid station, two hours. I don't know. If, it was a long drive. I don't know how long it was going to be. And, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I need to make it back to the last aid station and talk to my friends and like see what, you know, they suggest for me to do. There's other aid stations past that one that are in between that and the one I was going to drive to. But the other ones like regular people aren't supposed to go drive to. Um they try to limit that shit and like there's people that are crewing those aid stations that are already there and everything, but you're not they're not supposed to have people driving back and forth to the other aid stations. <laughs> but uh Anyway, um, so I'm like, shit, well, you know, what the fuck am I going to do? She's thinking about dropping. And so I get back there, talk to my friends, and we start devising a plan. And then, thankfully, uh, they had a, a radio guy there uh, working the aid station because the they have, like, CB radios and shit that uh, – although I don't know if he's using a CB because he had a Starlink uh, internet deal that uh, – the Elon Musk internet, internet shit. I guess Tesla whoever fucking makes those. Um, which they're using over in Ukraine, fun fact. Um, and uh, he let me uh, jump on his Wi-Fi through the Starlink. And I was like, holy shit, I was able to message her at least through there. But where she was at, she wasn't getting any fucking service either. <laughs> it was really spotty. So trying to get messages back and forth was still a bit of an issue. But at least I had a way to somewhat contact her there, and then she was debating on whether or not to go to the next aid station where her friend Dina was waiting. Uh, She was working that next aid station. Thankfully, I mean, it worked out that she was able to get there, and then uh, she ended up deciding to go ahead and go to Dina, and then uh, I was going to wait back at Sutton Bluff, the aid station where I was at, for her but then once the radio guy left then i was back to having no cell uh cell service or any kind of wi-fi and so it became a little tricky though she ended up dropping and uh it took a long time to finally uh get uh contact my friend deirdre drove me around until we got cell service (laughs) again so i could fucking get some messages and so we could uh coordinate where the fuck to go and uh yeah it was it was tricky i thought the next aid station was closer than it was it was i guess the trail was more of a straight hit because it was only a couple of miles from the sutton bluff one but to actually drive there took a lot longer because you had to go in a, i don't know some weird directions it was like a 20 minute drive or something i'm not sure what it was um, but, uh, but yeah, I didn't like, uh, you know, thankfully for me though, I didn't have to <laughs> push it on my foot as, uh, I've had several days off from using up the last of my vacation of, uh, the, my last days at magnet and, uh, <clears throat> which I start the new job there at Can-Am steel this, uh, next Monday. So that'll be interesting. But uh, my foot's it's felt a lot better, but it's still a bit of an issue. I I want to run again. I want to run again. It's like, man, I'm putting on some weight. Uh, when at the race, man, I was eating all kinds of bad shit cuz like the night before or well, I guess two nights two nights before I was like, you know, I got to get some shit for the race, especially for the end for people, uh, you know, for myself, for my sister. I'm going to I'm going to be out by myself just fucking sitting around at Berryman campgrounds and wherever for quite a while. I'm going to need some shit to to snack on and I'll need some some kind of fuel and then I figure, you know, and, and other runners, you know, at the end, we'll have, you know, I could have some shit to give to whoever. I I got a little crazy with it. <laughs> I got the uh, Schnooks. They got the gooey butter cake uh, pumpkin flavored cookies. And then I got uh, some dehydrated kiwi, a nut mix, because I had to put some nuts in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then I had three bags of Reese's because it was only a couple of days before Halloween, and Schnucks had deals to where on all the big bags of Reese's. If you bought two, you got a third one free. It's like, well, I got to get three. <laughs> so I bought three bags of Reese's. <laughs> Because Christy had said too, she she was a big fan of Reeses, and I'm like, I fucking loves me some Reeses, so I'm like, it' gonna have to get three bags of Reeses. And uh, also, oh, I also had these Pink Lady uh, apple chips that were really fucking good. Once <laughs> she dropped, decided she was dropping, like I started just pulling. And we're uh, waiting there at the aid station. We ended up going hiking and stuff from around there. Basically, I got to hang out with my friends though. It, for me, it worked out. It was unfortunate for her that. The race turned out as bad as it did. But, uh, I'm hanging out at the aid station. We're like eating all these fucking stacks I had. And, uh, thankfully my friends ate some of the stuff. They were big fans of my snack game. My snack game was on par. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) thank you. schnooks. And, uh, on the way back, man, I kept fucking snacking the whole way back. And, uh, Man, driving her Jeep when I was driving that, it definitely felt like a tank compared to driving my Mini Cooper. I can definitely say if I end up uh, maybe next year or some other point in time crewing for my run group out there, I I better go up there with a friend because I can't drive my car on those back roads. Thankfully, I was driving her Jeep, which sits up a lot higher, and uh, man, that thing felt like a fucking tank compared to what I'm used to. Felt like I could run over some uh, some stuff. I mean, it's it's a rather large Jeep, but uh, <laughs> I've driven bigger vehicles, though. I but When I was a car salesman for all of a week, I got to drive the uh, big uh, F-150s and all like the big stuff. And, of course, I had a Dodge Ram extended cab for like a week whenever I had to get body work done in my car. One point in time, because that's what the rental company decided to give me. When I drove a Ford Focus, it's a comparable vehicle. Very similar. Uh, But, yeah, I've, yeah, I'm not crazy about driving big vehicles, but this one wasn't the biggest vehicle I ever drove. It it was a little weird getting used to driving it and going back to driving an automatic after driving a stick now for a couple of years. It's a little weird. Although it was probably good. It was an automatic, not a stick. So I was trying to do other things while driving. I had like the instructions, the directions in my hand and all that stuff while trying to drive. But uh yeah, at the end of the day, and yeah, made it made it out alive for the driving. I was but that was one of my biggest concerns. And uh I didn't have to try to sleep in a in a Jeep <laughs> for a couple of hours. Uh that was going to be challenging. That was, uh, yeah. Although even if um, I had not had a crewer, I was going to end up driving out to Berryman campgrounds, and I probably still would have had to try to sleep in my car. It still would have been difficult, but at least I could have slept in Saturday. And uh, That being said, like I really at that point, because with the injury, I'm like, oh, man, fuck this. Like, fuck, not the race, but I'm just like, fuck running in general. (laughs) Like, goddamn like, goddammit, I don't want to push myself after this. I'm like, man, I don't really, I'm thinking to go without, months without running and such. But then uh, this week, I've only, I only had to work two days of this week. And after multiple days off, you know, like, you know what, my foot feels pretty fucking good. (laughs) Like, I really feel like I should be out there running again, like, you know, if she decides to hit this race up again, which it sounds like she's probably not, but again, it's just sort of like right after the race. I feel like maybe after she has a, a month or a couple months under her belt, uh, distance between her and the race, that she might decide, you know, like, you know what, I want to give that race another go. But as of right now, I mean, she said, like, fuck this. I want to go do my other races that she's used to. Like, I, I joked with her. I was like, you can going to take TLC's advice, stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. <laughs> Uh, as in the uh, song Waterfalls. It's a fucking classic. It was quite my jam back in junior high. <laughs> I believe that came out around 94. It would have put me in junior high. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, oh, I hope to get back to running soon. Man, I am really getting out of shape just for being, really haven't ran much in over a month. As uh and I fucking ate all those almost all those Reese's. I gave Christy a bag of Reese's and then I ate both the two I had left. I had quite a few of those goddamn cookies. I had the whole bag of pink lady chips and uh a good chunk of the kiwi and a lot of nuts. I put a lot of nuts down my throat. <laughs> Sucked a lot of nuts. Slurped them down. And uh yeah, it's been, uh, and I haven't eaten the most, ate the most healthiest stuff since then either, but I've, it's gotten a little bit better. Also, it was Halloween, so at work they had a bunch of fucking Halloween candy, so I was eating Halloween candy like every fucking day um, last week. This week, of course, I was there only two two days. Uh, so it was uh, end of an era, though. I was there for 21 years. That's... Uh, <clears throat> I won't miss doing the job at all. I'll say that, but you know, of course knowing the people i have come to work with for a a lot of them for some of them, you know, for over two decades, uh, a lot of the people I work with there have been there for a very long time. So I've worked with a lot of them for many, many years. It's like the, you know, family. So it's a weird thing not going in there again, but, uh, hopefully I'll be able to keep up with the bills at the penthouse here by uh, starting over at the new place. And uh, so I got that to look forward to. Um, On a bit of a change of subject, though, I know I've been talking, I guess, for a while now about my excitement for the Weird Al. Weird, the Al Yankovic story is the actual name of the Weird Al Movie, the biopic that's 100% accurate, completely accurate film. The most accurate biopic film you'll ever see of a musician. 100% truth all the way. Um, (laughs) Including, of course, Weird Al and Madonna's connection to Pablo Escobar and the drug cartels. (laughs) Completely 100% true. Um... (laughs) Uh, no sarcasm in that whatsoever. Uh as uh, the the late Great Al. Spoiler alert to the movie, as uh Mr. Yankovic uh, apparently died in the eighties. Maybe it's like a Beatles situation, like the when Paul died. I guess that's what's going on with Weird Al. That's the guy that's claiming to be a Weird Owl now. Uh it's a great film though. It's a it's a entertaining movie. Um the commercials aren't that, but there are commercial breaks. Of course, with it being on the Roku channel, um, but the they're like two minute commercial breaks, and it only happens a few times in the movie. But it's it's worth it. Even if you don't have a Roku, you can go on the RokuChannel.com. dot com or so. It's the web address is something of that nature. Just you know, Google search Roku, and you'll find the channel. I would imagine you don't have to pay; it's free. You can watch it on there. Again, there are a few ads. Not not terrible, though. Um, my favorite scene was uh, probably my favorite scene, I guess. There's a lot of good scenes. There's a lot of great cameos in there, too. Thomas Lennon, who uh, first became known in the uh, pop culture sphere, I guess, or, you know, entertainment industry, was probably first known from The State, the comedy troupe, from back in the '90s, um, and he would go on to uh, do a, quite a few other uh, TV shows, as well as he's written a fuck ton of screenplays and made quite the bank. Um, but you may know uh, the most people probably know him these days as one Lieutenant Jay Dangle from Reno 911, and those killer hot hot shorts that uh, just fantastic. He uh, has a cameo there in the weird Al Yankovic movie that is weird, the Al Yankovic story. Um <laughs> if get the title correct. Uh, he plays the traveling salesman that sells Weird Al his first accordion, which uh, apparently that, of all things, is fully true, at least that little, little sliver there. <laughs> I'm thinking it may not quite have played out quite like it did in the film but I love how it plays out in the film and the kid they have playing Weird Al in the beginning I like him I like him a lot and actually he looks a lot like a young Weird Al looking at pictures of Weird Al because they have pictures of Weird Al as a kid at the end of the film and like, holy shit, the actor, they did a really good job of casting him. I'm like, is this kid like fucking related to Weird Al, Al or something? Is this a clone? Did they clone Weird Al? <laughs> is this what happened? I think possibly. That kid looks a lot like him. I don't know that Daniel Radcliffe looks a lot like him. I mean, the the wig and the mustache sure helped. I thought Daniel Radcliffe was great in it, by the way. <laughs> he was pretty great. Pretty great. And uh he played a great drug addle, the Weird Al, and he got kind of jacked for it, man. He had some some nice guns for it, and uh, <laughs> uh I mean, if you love Weird Al, and if you just want to laugh, the good stuff, do Check definitely uh, do do the check there of the uh, Weird Al movie uh, on the Roku channel. Um, it's it's pretty great. Pretty great. Uh and uh I had mentioned before, I guess, uh Aaron Paul like possibly playing. I was a little confused. It, it was originally the idea for the movie came from a funnier die video that was like from nine years ago or so, where Aaron Paul played Weird Al in the movie or in the Funnier Die video and uh, uh Olivia Wilde played uh Madonna and they're hooking up. In the in the short in there and Weird Al's doing a bunch of drugs <laughs> <laughs> And that that became the genesis for this movie. Apparently people were telling Weird Al forever, like, when is the, the actual movie coming out? And he's it like it's not a it's not a movie. It's just a goof. It's a and then it, there just became so much clamor for it eventually like, you know what? Maybe maybe this should this should be a thing. And thankfully it is. Oh, it is. Sadly, one thing I wish they would have put in there, they had nothing about UHF. I was hoping for some kind of UHF stuff in there. But uh, there was none of that. But uh, overall, I got to say, highly entertaining movie. Jack Black's cameo is another good one. He plays Wolfman Jack in it. Coincidentally. (laughs) Uh, Of course he does. He's going to be Wolfman Jack, and he was he was great as Wolfman Jack. Um, Conan O'Brien's in there, too, as uh, Andy Warhol, and he just looks, like, really fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know about that. Felt a little a little weird about that. But, uh, I mean, it was kind of funny looking. But, uh... And, uh... uh Jack Black, though, pretty fantastic as uh, Wolfman Jack. Ah... Uh. But I, I was glad to finally watch it. I mean, I made sure to watch it as soon as uh, I had a free chance yesterday after getting off work. Makes made some dinner, watched uh, the old, the old, the weird owl. Mm. But yeah, as uh, and I, I, I have played uh, the new Modern Warfare as well uh, a little bit, and uh, that is the Call of Duty, the Modern Warfare 2. And, uh, I am, like, I've had my moments with Call of Duty. I've gone, like, moments where I play a fuck ton of Call of Duty, just, like, in it to win it, like, in it hardcore. And then I've had years where I just kind of tune out for a while. And here I'm at a moment where I've been kind of burnt out because I've, like, been playing a a ton of Call of Duty there for a long time. Uh, like when the pandemic hit, I was really getting in, back into it. When Cold War first came out, which might have been like pre-pandemic. That might have been like 2019. I'm not sure when Cold War came out. Anyway, I really liked that one. I was really good at the Cold War one. And then Vanguard, of course, I played a lot of that as well as and got into uh, playing Warzone. Mainly because I got into playing Warzone because uh got in with a a group of guys playing with that with the uh, the old Jimmy Crow Magnum that uh, it's been a few years since he's been on the podcast but I've known him forever as I'll be working with him and uh, these other guys I end up playing Call of Duty with so it's kind of it's kind of funny I've been playing Warzone with these guys for quite a while and I only know their voice <laughs> and playing Call of Duty with them and now it's like we're going to be working together so I mean. It, It'll be cool, though, because, like, I can already I already kind of know them. And we have something to relate with. That, like, hey, how about that COD? <laughs> How's your KDR doing, you know? I don't know. Or shit, whatever. <laughs> uh, that was mainly why I was like, you know, I got to play this Modern Warfare too, Just because I know that there's all these guys from Can-Am over there. And, like, I got to... <laughs> I got to get in with a new crew. It, being the new guy, you know, it can be tough. Being the new guy can be real tough in a new atmosphere, especially when you're used to being at a place you've been at for over two decades. Then being the new guy, you know, it can be awkward. And so I'm like, well, I let's do some bonding with my, my new coworkers <laughs> and kill a bunch of people <laughs> in the game. Not in real life. Don't have any plans to do that. If they do, I don't know. I don't believe so. going to say I don't really know, but I'm pretty, I feel like no. <laughs> that being said, though, yeah. Um, the new Modern Warfare 2, uh, it's got its pluses and minuses. The, the newer Modern Warfare, I, I played Modern Warfare, the remake, the 2019 version. Yeah, I believe that was 2019. Okay, 2020 is when I guess Cold War came out. Or so that my memory is telling me that, (laughs) but uh, anywho, um, I don't know. I I I wasn't too crazy about the last Modern Warfare, although I had a lot of friends that liked it. I like Warzone better than do the Modern Warfare, and uh, it took me a while though to warm up to Warzone. I had really, I was just not used to the battle royale situation. I had tried other battle royale games. A little bit, I, I tried to give Fortnite a go. I wasn't feeling, it. I'm like, okay, I'm a fucking old man. This just feels weird. <laughs> uh, I'm getting to that age where I've got to just, like, admit to things. I think it hit, as soon as I hit 40, I was like, oh, yeah, I am old. Now I just feel fucking weird doing this shit. Um, <laughs> I don't feel that way in Call of Duty, cause there's plenty of old dudes that play Call, Call of Duty that, uh, that being said, though, yeah, uh, Modern Warfare Two. It's I think I like this one better than the last Modern Warfare. I haven't played it that much. Um, I'm not real crazy about the system for unlocking weapons because you have to use other weapons to that are completely unrelated. To the weapon that you want to unlock, say it's like a submachine gun. You got if you want to unlock that one, you got to play with a, um assault rifle or whatever kind of a completely different gun. You got to play, you got to level that gun up to a certain point before you can unlock this other one. And it's like that with attachments. Um, you unlock them with different guns, so you have to use all oh, the guns basically if you want to unlock shit. <sighs> and that can be kind of a pain in the ass. I just like to use the guns that I like using. And uh, once I get a solid thing uh, built up, a solid loadout, I'm like, this is this is my loadout. Unless they end up nerfing it a bunch. And I'm like, okay, I might venture out a little bit. For the most part, I'll have like one or two loadouts where I'm like, I feel good about this. <laughs> I like consistency. So I'll end up running with it. And uh, this one is going to make it harder to do that. Um, But there's, you know, there's some plus sides to that as well was the attachments, a lot of the attachments you can use on more than one gun. Um, So if you unlock it, you know, you can use it on several different weapons, which is a a big plus. And the camo system, it's easier to grind out for a gold camo on this. Um, There's only like four channel or four channel, four challenges to get to unlock or get to where you get the gold challenge on a camo and then you get that gold challenge. And so it's basically you go through five different challenges for each weapon to get that gold camo past that. Like it's harder to get some of the other ones, but the, the gold camo, you go through those weapon specific challenges and you have to level the weapon up to a certain extent before you can do that challenge. And then, uh, there's a fuck ton of other camos outside of those challenges that once you unlock those you can use it then on any weapon it's kind of an interesting way to do it but uh i so far i've been okay at it okay at it I, it's they changed a lot of stuff from the last few call of duties uh being warzone and vanguard of course and modern warfare um and even cold war uh you know sliding's been a, a big thing for quite some time and man, they really nerfed the sliding. I got so good at slide canceling on uh, Warzone and uh, like Vanguard, and I guess I don't really slide cancel on Cold War, but I did a lot of fucking sliding on on Cold War. I was fucking the bee's knees. Like when I when I had the scuff controller that worked, holy shit, it was nonstop. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, there's uh. It was a uh, fun, uh, fun, fun stuff that Cold War. Just thinking back about that, but uh, the modern warfare too. I, it's taking me a little bit to get used to these changes. S- when you slide on that one, you can still slide. You can't slide cancel. When you slide, you go kind of slow, and it slows you down. It's hard to get back up again. And this one, it just seems like they're making it harder for you to run around. And I like to run and gun. I'm a big fan of the run and gun. I like to equip an SMG. And, uh, I like to do an overkill to where I have two primary weapons. I'll run with like an SMG and an assault rifle. Uh, Warzone, I end up running with an SMG and a sniper. Um, most of the time I have like a fucking hundred round Tommy gun. I run around with, on Warzone, which I guess I won't be able to use that as soon as the Warzone 2 comes out, unfortunately. I really love that loadout. And, uh but i love just the smgs i find those just short to medium range like that's the way to go just the the f- uh, fast fire rate in there and uh like to to hip fire in close quarters and then uh if i want a little bit more range when i have those classes with an assault rifle for that uh medium to long range stuff or if I just run out of ammo, swap over to that. <clears throat> but that being said, it, it's not bad. I haven't quite gotten into the campaign of it. I haven't played it that much. Um, the levels, the levels are different for the most part. Some of them seem similar to other modern warfare games. Um, but they're they're a little bit different. And I know, speaking back to uh, leveling weapons up, and, and I've watched a few videos on this, the, the seemingly the best way to level the weapons up quickly is uh, playing Invasion. And on Invasion, it's like a large-scale war-type thing, and uh, which there's the ground war as well, but I think ground war is strictly other actual people, whereas Invasion, you are fighting other people People, but there's also AI that you're also fighting. And if you go to, I haven't tried this out yet. I've played Invasion, and I've, I've been getting some a lot of kills on Invasion, which is you know, th- what you really need to uh, level up those weapons. Um, but if you get into the spawn spots of the AI, <laughs> you can really just wreak havoc on those fucking AI. And it counts towards well leveling up your guns um unless they end up deciding to change that in the future But right now you can just fucking level up on a invasion with the AI so that's a a nice nice way to quickly do that and man i feel like there was other shit that uh, th- there's been a lot of stuff going on um like uh oh man i i did get my car license which is a bit of a relief Got that re Um, I fucked up changing the oil, though. Um, on Mini Coopers, or at least this specific model of Mini Cooper, the F56 uh, third generation uh, 2014 Mini Cooper there. Um, I'm imagining it's probably like this on at least all the uh, BMW era Mini Coopers. Not the classic Minis. I wouldn't imagine they probably have more of a, a standard Oil filter, but on the oil filter... Now, this is like the third or the fourth time I've personally changed the oil in this car. You should think, at this point, I'd be getting really good at it. (laughs) I kind of fucked it up this time, though. Um, The oil filter itself is just a paper filter that you swap out. Um, And... Because, like, you know, most cars, and maybe it's different now, um, but at least the old-school oil filters were a metal canister that you just take off with an oil filter wrench. And uh, I like those better. (laughs) I like those better than what they got on the Mini Cooper. Those are so much easier to deal with. Mini Cooper has, like, a housing around the paper oil filter. And... The housing of the oil filter has a little drain plug on it as well. Not, not the drain plug that's on the oil pan. There is a separate drain plug that's on the housing for the oil filter. And it is just a plastic fucking screw. It is not, not like the drain plug on the oil pan, which is metal. This particular one, which when you get the oil filter for the mini Cooper, they do give you a new one of those drain plugs. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I just, when I took it apart, um, see previously when I changed the oil, I went through dot com, and they have oil filter or oil change kits. I always got their stuff, but I've, I'm trying to save as much money as I possibly can in areas every which way I can now. And the shipping's usually pretty expensive to get through there. And then the last time I ordered from them, they had shortages and it took a couple months to get the fucking oil. And I needed to change it now. And so I wanted, I just went through a local shop. I ended up going through advanced auto parts. And uh, I mean, they had everything I needed. Um, I had to go with a different uh, manufacturer of oil, but I mean, I'm using the same oil essentially um I went with the castrol uh version of the what is it 0W20 or something of that nature what I use in there don't quote me on that um but usually I go with the Liqui Mali stuff and they don't have that particular one at uh, I don't think any of the local shops here in town um but of course when at the uh the plug that they gave me with the oil filter was a little bit smaller than the one that's actually on the housing there it had less threads and it looked like i would be able to put it on there but actually after i took the drain plug out and drained the oil filter housing and i took the oil filter off and all that stuff um looking at it i was like you know what I don't know how well that other drain plug is going to work on there. So I decided to say, all right, just put the old one back on there. Well, when I did that, it being a plastic screw, when I tightened it on, I snapped the damn thing. But it was already tightened in there. I was going to take it off. um, Because, well, I handed it. It would have been fine, but I <laughs> when I took the housing off and I dra- pulled out the old oil filter, I actually forgot to put the new paper filter inside and just tightened on the fucking housing back on. And then I looked down and there's the fucking new oil filter, paper oil filter. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> that's when I decided I had to take it back off. And that's when I snapped the goddamn drain plug. I didn't really need to take the drain plug off. I should have just fucking left it in there. I don't know what the fuck I was doing Anyway, i jackman ended up having to come out because like i couldn't get the damn fucking plug back out after i snapped it off inside there i couldn't get any i was trying all kinds of shit he tried to help me and like we decided you know what it probably won't leak it didn't look like it was gonna leak putting it back on there so i put it back on there with the drain plug all fucked up and so far it hasn't leaked (laughs) and uh whenever i uh change the oil again I'm just gonna have to remember I need to oil a whole new housing it's like 40 something dollars for the fucking housing on it which the outside of the housing is kind of stripped out anyway it's been a bitch trying to pull that off I got a special uh, attachment to a wrench I got to put on there so that's so that's been fun (laughs) constantly looking under my vehicle to make sure that there's no fucking oil and uh, so far I think it's good and man it needed an oil change it's been driving a lot better I gotta say it feels feels good. It drives nicely now. I'm sure it'll probably help with the gas mileage as well. Um, but uh, I've never been real big on doing car maintenance, but I knew that buying a Mini Cooper, the only way I was going to be able to afford anything on it was uh, if I did the oil change uh, myself. Um, <clears throat> so I got that... Uh, Got that uh fun stuff to look forward to but i i also knew though that it was going to be pretty easy for me to figure out how to do all this shit because again mini cooper are fairly popular cars and there's a fuck ton of youtube videos on them as far as maintenance goes and basically anything you want to do to a mini cooper you'll be able to find a fucking video on it it's pretty pretty handy about that car um but yeah, and I got plates. Um, my plates are good till 2024. <laughs> and just hopefully I win that Powerball this weekend. Then then I'll be able to knock out all my debt. as uh, And maybe do a few other things. It's up to $1.6 billion right now. And I was looking at it, just looking at it and seeing the billions of dollars. You know, I don't really know how long I'm going to, how much longer I'm going to live. I'm in my 40s now. If you do the, annuity uh, payments whenever uh, it's 30 years of payments that would push me into my 70s I don't know that I'll make it that long although if I got that kind of money maybe I will make it that long um, but uh, if you uh, you know I'm going to pull up the numbers here I've got the, there's a webpage the Missouri Lottery does a, a, a webpage here Lot- or, well it's not Missouri Lot- it's lotteryusa.com um, the webpage, like it's got the current Powerball jackpot, which is $1.6 billion. And you can put in, uh, it tells you how much taxes are going to be on, on this. Okay, so federal tax is, this is the annuity payment. So this is if you go for the 30-year payout. The withholding on that is 24% on the federal tax. Um or well no mine would be more than that cuz i'm single so that'd be 37% oh man so that'd be over 590 million dollars <laughs> and i got the missouri state tax which is at 4% that's going to be 64 billion dollars um so man that would shit that would put me at nine hundred and forty-five million dollars. That's a big cut. That's seven million dollars they're taking away from me there. Or not seven. Not seven. Um, sorry, uh, <laughs> I can't do math. Uh, shit. That seven hundred billion. Sorry. That they're taking out. I can't do. Yeah, seven hundred million. Seven million would be a little bit different. Well, it's like, holy shit. And then if you do the, at this point, you know, these numbers are so astronomical that I don't <laughs> know that it would really matter to me. <laughs> you know, just a million dollars would be, you know, completely life-changing for me, even if I had to pay taxes after that. Um, But there's something about, it. man, I, uh, if I wouldn't have put on that single, if just the withholding 24%, I would still have a, a over a billion. At the end of the day. Well, after 30 years, which probably won't make it 30 years, let's be honest. Uh, but, uh, man, I would get – they have, like, balloon payments to where – initially, you're getting smaller payments. So, like, for year one, um, the gross payment is $24 million, a little over. And then the – but after taxes, after your state and federal tax – the net payment goes down to fourteen million, but then every year it increases by I want to say it's, they say five percent. So if you make it into your if I make it in my seventies and I'm still doing this by year thirty there, my last one will be uh, net payment will be fifty eight million. Um, I think I could ma- I could you know take that money even though I'd have to you know budget my money out for a year. I think with that kind of money I might be able to do that. I'm used to every other week. I'll be getting, you know, paychecks. Uh whereas this next job will be getting paid every week. That's fantastic. But it'll be a slight difference, you know, getting trying to budget out for a year. But I think fourteen million dollars first year wouldn't be too bad. Not too bad. But then the the cash payout's a little bit different. The jack, let's see here the jackpot tax. Um oh man it's going back to the single. Is they got to make sure I put in the state. Yeah, the, the Thankfully, it looks like Missouri is one of the cheaper states. It's not the cheapest, it's only 4% tax. Um whew, whew. Total tax on that. Oh, you know what's actually looking at it? That might actually. Oh, that's still the annuity. I don't want the fucking annuity stuff. Here's the <clears throat> cash lump sum option, which is about a $200 million, not quite a $200 million difference. Or, yeah, no, shit. It is way. I'm looking at before taxes. Sorry, that shit. Whew. That is a big jump in uh, cash. But you get, again, you get this all right out of the gate. It would be. F- if I took the lump sum after tax, I would make 461 million dollars and 651,573. <laughs> I might be able to live off that for a couple of years. I mean, that would be my I would have to budget that money out for the rest of my life, so that might be difficult, you know. I might develop some very expensive habits, like I don't know, buying countries <laughs> or politicians. It it's hard to say. <laughs> And then not having more money coming in. That might be, you know, I'm debating, you know, what what would be my better option, the annuity or the lump sum? But again, in my 40s, it's probably just best to take the lump sum. <laughs> my family history and being in my 40s, I might. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people really hoping for that one. I know every time I go to the gas station right now, There's a lot of people in line for the old lotto tickets there. There are a lot of people getting them. And uh, though it's pretty crazy, we've had two bigger jackpots hit. uh, There was one here in town, I believe. Somebody won $10 million. So, I mean, the jackpots are getting closer to me. Someone here in the same town, although maybe that just means they're not due anymore. Um, But there was also one in St. Charles where somebody won, I guess, a few million or something of that nature. So, I mean, there's, there's been some Missouri jackpots going around. Maybe I'm about due. Then again, maybe not. Maybe not. I I'm ready to go weld and stuff on Monday, though. So either way, I should be able to afford the penthouse for a little bit longer. <laughs> At least another month or two. Uh, past that, you know, we'll see. We'll see. This is, though, the bit, if whoever wins this, um, if there's only one winner to this Powerball, it will be the largest jackpot in uh, the Powerball history. Well, I believe to any lottery history. I mean, this is $1.6 billion. is fucking insane. Even though you're not getting $1.6 billion, any which way you slice it, Doing the annuity payments or the uh, lump sum jackpot, you're not getting a billion. Still, it's the largest fucking jackpot. And I guess depending on your filing status, taxes, you know, that makes a big difference, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and if you're filing in what state, I guess. It does look like Mississippi's only like 3%. So, you know, you're not paying as much. In der- Some states, it's like 7 8%. It's like, fuck me. The, like, I don't know why you're <laughs> bothered by that so much. It's money I didn't work for. <laughs> like, I should just be, yeah. That'd be a lot of money to go towards, you know, my state. Uh, hopefully, you know, help some roads or something. Build a school. I don't know. That's, that's a lot of fucking money. I mean, that could... <laughs> That could do some shit, you know. You're you're giving the state like a hundred million dollars or something like that. That they they better do something good with that. Not, not start another lottery or something. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's about all I've got. As uh, I mean, it's fairly early when I'm recording this, but uh, I'm gonna, I guess, play some Call of Duty before here uh, long, and then. Uh, Play some tool and, and, and shit. Hang out with uh, Agent Maholder. <laughs> He's passed out. It's a little early for him to be passed out. Uh so yeah, anyway, that is a kid in a wheelchair. Oh wait, shit, you know what? Scratch that. I forgot to mention. Uh if you're you know, you've been listening to this show for quite a while, and you're familiar with the Slapbox Facebook page, which became Slap a Box because uh, Shelly, uh, of course, my brother Shelly uh, Shelly Long, also uh, you know Ben, <laughs> he uh, he's been using that as his personal Facebook page since we started doing this in like 2012, and initially it was called Slapbox, was the Facebook page, and then I always just throw out the uh, URL to uh, download the podcast and all that to his page. Well, that's been flagged a bunch on Facebook through the years. And he's told he had to change the name, so he changed the name to Slap a Box, which sounds worse to me. (laughs) Sounds worse than Slap Box. Because the reason why we did choose to go with that name was uh, to be... A female masturbating. That's that's where And really all the I mean, it wasn't a real thought out thing. It was just basically we were uh <laughs> we went on Urban Dictionary. It was uh Shelley, myself, and uh Leslie was there and uh we were <laughs> we were debating on what we should call this fucking thing. We had already decided we were doing a podcast. And I think we had just kind of dicked around talking on mics to kind of get a feel for what we we were going to be doing. I think we did that prior to making the name. And we were just kind of brainstorming and uh, looking on Urban Dictionary and we decided to look up masturbation (laughs) in Urban Dictionary. And I don't remember what the the other options were. Um, but uh, it was <laughs> slap box. I don't know. It just kind of sounded funny. Cause you know, it, it was like depending on how you took it. Cause it was, I, w- I never really thought about it as being a way to describe a female masturbating, <laughs> which just sounded really funny to me to describe a female masturbating, which I'm all for females masturbating anyway. Um, <laughs> It's a beautiful thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it wasn't meant to be like degrading in any nature and it was of course again just not real thought out and it could be you could take it maybe that way and i figured most people wouldn't take it that way because there's of course slap boxing where people you know slap each other while like like boxing and uh apparently some people are actually into like doing that just for shits and giggles i guess and I thought it would be kind of funny, of course, in the logo to uh, have a picture of a hand slapping a literal box, and I thought maybe people would pick up on the sexual innuendos <laughs> with that going on, although it was my hand that was like a drawing of it, and that it looks like a man, like hand slapping a box that, you know, almost seems like violent towards a vagina, and I'm th- that's not my intention there. It was all about the love. The love of, you know, the the, the good feeling masturbating. <laughs> I don't think Facebook ever got that. As they flagged that, Dave, all the time. And they've now officially shut down Shelly's page, slap a box, Facebook uh, page, his uh, or account, whatever. So he's had to create a new <laughs> Facebook profile. Unfortunately, so the Slapbox Facebook profile is no more. I meant to do that at the top of the show, and then I just got so sidetracked about talking about the race and everything else. And yeah, I get I digress. What can I say? But yeah, I guess that's all I really had to say. Um as uh yeah, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.